Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you so much for joining us on BC Podcast. Here's a message to encourage your heart this week. That story changes every time he tells that. Uh, pretty soon I'll have wrestled crocodiles or alligators or something like that, but um, hey, it's so good to be here with you this morning and to have this opportunity to uh, share what God's laid on my heart. So Mary Beth asked, who is excited for Christmas? Here's the real question. Who has their tree up already? Anybody? Okay, all right, you got it up already. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad was adamant the tree doesn't go up until like that first week of December. It had, we had to get into December to do that. But I, I've kind of caved in, and so I put our tree up uh, yesterday. We have one of those trees. I don't know if you know these kind of trees that, that look like there's snow on them, and they're like glistening or whatever. I forget what it's called. It's like um, flossed or flocked or something like flocked. Okay, it's a flocked tree. There you go. Okay, some of y'all know that. And it has glitter on it. Okay. So, and it's a big tree and I have to wrestle and put it together and all that stuff. So by the time I'm done putting our tree up, there is glitter everywhere and on me as well. You know how hard it is to get glitter off of you once it's on you, right? So if if I hit the light just right this morning and you kind of get a disco ball effect, that's not the effect I'm going for, okay? I just want to put that out there, okay? Um, as John said, I, I work with students. That's what God has called me to do. And I love our students at Bible Center. Uh, it, it's crazy, right? I, I spend five days a week with adolescents. The most critical age, probably, of their lives. And you know, one of the things that, that is obvious, if you have students in your family, in your household, maybe some of you have grandchildren that are students, when you look around, you realize that identity is under attack. Their identity as an image bearer of Yahweh is under attack every day. And so I, I really have invested my life to let our students know that their lives have purpose, that they were created on purpose and for a purpose. In a world where one of the growing worldviews, postmodernism, says there's no truth. There's no such thing as truth. So what do we have to live by? Well, we just kind of do whatever. And that has infiltrated every level of our society. And our students are particularly vulnerable to living life thinking well, there's no real great purpose. I'll just do what I feel like doing. I'll just do what everybody else is doing. And one of our purposes at Bible Center is to really instill a biblical worldview in our students. A, ready? A theistic worldview not a meistic worldview. We're struggling in a time of meism, right? Where all of the arrows are on me, 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 me. And I want, I want our students to know that's not why God has created them, that he has a, he has a wonderful purpose for life. So one of our, our themes, we do a theme every year at Bible Center. Our theme this year is mission, mission. What exciting things does God have planned when I shift my focus from myself to others? 
What exciting, that's gonna be our theme this morning. What exciting things does God have planned when I shift the focus off of me to others? It's phenomenal how much the flesh wants it to be about me, right? It's, it's just such a natural thing to align everything to accommodate me. I wanna share a story with you that um, has really impacted my life recently and was kind of the, the reason that I chose, God led me to choose mission for our theme for Bible Center for this year and something I wanna share with you this morning about how he is the Lord of the harvest. So uh, a few months ago, I was praying, actually it was over the summer, I was praying about something, but it was a personal want. It was a personal want, something I wanted, something I wanted to purchase and I was praying about and I was kind of wrestling with it. Nothing wrong with that. I think we should pray over those things, right? But it was, it, I had spent a lot of time researching and just had consumed a lot of my energy and time, okay? And I thought to myself, I'm gonna take a walk in the woods and just pray. As John pointed out with his story, I love the woods up here. I love hiking. When John and I were on staff together, He'd poke his head in my office and he'd say, Ted, you would love West Virginia. You would love West Virginia. We talked about kayaking and biking and hiking and camping and all this stuff, the stuff I finally get to do. And uh, he was right. I love it up here. But I thought, I'm gonna go take a walk in the woods and just talk to God and pray about this thing. So I, I didn't have time to go too far. So I went right over here to the carriage trail uh, right near town. If you've ever been to the carriage trail, you know, it's kind of a nice little peaceful little walk up to the top there and you have an overlook of the city. It's just nice and it, I like to go do that. And so I went there and drove there. I'm walking and I'm praying about, should I, should I buy this thing? Should I do this, this thing that I want? And I got to the, the memorial. Have you guys ever been on the carriage trail? You know how there's that statue of Jesus, the McCorkle Memorial? There's a picture up here of it. And all of a sudden, I was taken back to a couple years earlier during covid and we actually had to shut down school. We could not meet live in person. Y'all remember this, right? And we did virtual school and all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, I'm so glad that's over. But um, one of the things that I was tasked with doing during that time was to make a daily, like a video record, a daily Devo for our families and for our students that would, they could click on and play each morning before they started virtual school, okay? And so... Uh, I was busy every day doing that. And I would kind of actually go to different locations to do that video. And one of the times that I shot a video for our morning devos was on the carriage trail a couple years before. And it was the most incredible thing because I was walking up that trail and I had something different in my mind and I came up on this statue. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, where's his hands? Where's Jesus' hands? He, he's, he's putting out his hands, but there's no hands. It's just like nubs out there. I don't know if you can see that. And at the time, I didn't know why that was. But man, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a moment as I stood there looking at this statue. Now, that's just a statue, right? It's a memorial uh, to McC Governor McCorkle and his daughter. Uh, and, and so, but I'm looking at it and the Holy Spirit spoke to me a couple years ago and said, you Christians, you are my hands. You are my hands to the world. 
And it just hit me so heavily. And so I stopped, I actually did my Devo from there and shared that, that we, oh my goodness, we have the opportunity to be co-laborers with Christ, to be his hands in this world, to minister to people the way that Jesus did when he was here. So I had shared all that with our students in that little, you know, six minute Devo. And now fast forward a couple months ago, I'm walking up there and I'm praying for something. I'll be honest, a little bit selfish, putting a lot of time, a lot, a lot of energy into that. And I stopped there and God reminded me of that. And I stopped and I said, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so at that moment on the carriage trail, I continued to walk and pray, but I changed my prayer. From that statue, onto, I prayed, God, I know there's probably somebody today that needs hope, that needs encouragement. Could you bring someone into my path today that I could share you with? I changed my prayer completely. Forget about the, uh, like, I'm your hands to this world. I kid you not, I walked on maybe a couple of minutes on that trail, there's an overlook of downtown. And so you kind of veer off the trail a little bit and go there. And so I'm going down there and I see a young man with a backpack sitting on the bench. And as I walked down there, the Holy Spirit said to me, there he is. There he is. Because I've been praying, right? So I I'm like, I got real nervous. I, I'm kind of a shy person. And so it, it's not necessarily easy for me to kind of break the ice and start conversations. And so I'm like, oh, I'm praying internally, God help me. May I just sit there quietly looking out, young guy looking out over downtown. And when I sat down, I'm like, how do I get, how do I get from just sitting down to sharing Jesus with this young man? So I just started small talking, beautiful view downtown here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Back and forth a little bit. I said, are you from Charleston? We talked a little bit. I said, I'm from actually from Florida. And so that got his interest. We talked a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know God has divine appointments for us. Do you believe that? I shift the focus off me to others. And within minutes, I had an opportunity. Now that's not always going to happen. I realize that. But I think God wanted me to experience this to change me right? So we talk, young man opens up to me, says, actually, I don't, I don't really have a place right now. He said, uh, I'm struggling with alcoholism. When he said that, I knew God put me there. Because if you know me, you know my story. I'm the only male person in my family, if you go back to my, my dad, my uncles, my grandfathers, I'm the only male person in my family that is not an alcoholic. I grew up around that. My mom, praise the Lord, is a wonderful Christian lady. And she brought me to church and she lived Christ in front of me. And that's why I'm here today. But he said, I'm struggling with alcoholism. And I, I just began to share with him that there's hope. 
I said, let me just tell you something. God put me here. This is no accident. God brought me here today to share this with you. I shared the gospel with him. I said, it, it's Jesus. It's Jesus that'll make the difference in your life. And it's him that sent me here today. Prayed with that young man. I gave him my phone number. I said, call me if you need a ride. We talked about how he needed to get involved in a recovery ministry, recovery program downtown. He said, I actually scheduled to be in one of those. I said, you've got to go. Please go. Hugged him, prayed over him again, and we went on our way. And the Holy Spirit again spoke to me and said, when was the last time you prayed for a lost person who needed Christ? When's the last time you, you prayed, God, use me to impact a life today? Throughout my day, use me to do that. God really broke me in that moment. Changed me. I want us to go to God's word today because I, I, I have some things I want to share with you that God has filled my heart just about how he's the Lord of the harvest. And he invites us to be a part of what he's doing. God is always at work and he invites you and I to partner with him in his ministry. And so I'm gonna invite you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine, I'm gonna read 35 through 38. Let me just give you a little background here, okay? In Matthew nine, we see that prior to this, Jesus is ministering to people. I mean, if you look at this, he's, he's raised a young girl from the dead. He's, uh, this is where we have the lady that uh, is struggling with bleeding and she comes and she reaches out and she touches his, his robe, his garment, and she's instantly healed. He heals blind people. There's someone who's mute and can't speak and Jesus casts out a demon and he can speak. All that has just happened. You know what the religious leaders say? They're not excited. They're not encouraged. They say, oh, he's probably doing that. He's using Satan to do that. He's using devils to do that. And then we see this right here. It says uh, in Matthew chapter nine, verses 35 through 38, I wanna read this from the scriptures here. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field." I wanna just maybe dive in here, dig in and look at a few things from this passage this morning that I think God, um, God has spoken to my heart recently about. And uh, the first thing that we see in this passage is the needs of people, right? That there's, people are in a desperate need of hope today. Have you noticed that? Nothing's changed, <laughs> nothing's changed. People are looking for hope in the world. 
People are looking for something in the world today. And Jesus, he went town to town and he, he, he's, he was continually alert and looking for the needs of others and wanting to help, wanting to minister to others. It was his driving passion. The love of God was flowing through him to the people that he'd been sent to. People are in desperate need of hope. In that passage right there, in verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. A couple things about those, that, this passage here. That word compassion means to suffer along with. That's what compassion means, to suffer with, to really feel it inside. Jesus, God of the universe, comes to earth to his creation. And while he's here going village to village, meeting people everywhere, he is regularly, continually feeling compassion. He is suffering along with the people. It says there he sees them and they're, they're harassed and helpless. Those words translated from the Greek, in the Greek, it literally means to be thrown down and tossed around. Like to faint almost. Like the, the weight of the world, the weight of life, the weight of their burdens is too much to bear. And it's like they're, they're just falling because of everything going on. Well, what is that? Is it, is it just the difficulties of life? Is it the Roman occupation? Is it the lack of real godly leadership? Yes, it was all those. It was all those. And Jesus goes town to town and, and he's, he's so burdened. He has compassion for them. You know, so easy, isn't it? For us today, this is a struggle for me. I don't know about you. So easy to look around, shake my head, have a judgmental attitude. So easy. We see the way the world is, all the different things going on. So easy just to, Whatever. Jesus would not do that. Jesus' heart was breaking for the people that he came in contact with. He really desired to minister, to make a difference. If you're here this morning, and somehow that resonates with you, harassed and helpless. Maybe you feel you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you feel like any moment you're about to hit your knees and say, I can't, I can't do it anymore, I can't go on. It's too much. The burdens of life, the struggles are too much. What do I do? 
In Charleston, people turned to drugs. They turned to pills. They turned to alcohol. They turned to a lot of things, but they, they can't do it. The struggle, so much. Listen, if you're here today and you feel the weight of the world, know that Jesus sees you. Know that Jesus hurts for you. He has compassion for you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to make a difference in your life. He does. The next thing I want you to, to see here uh, in this passage is that we have a hope. That's the cool thing. The Bible teaches us that with Christ, we have hope that we can give to others. And so First uh, Peter 3.15 is an interesting passage that I want you to take a look at. And it says, um, but in your hearts, this is the apostle Peter telling uh, the followers of Christ, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Peter says, look, Christians in the world, I remember the, the, the old NIV put it this way, set Christ apart as Lord. Same, same meaning here, revere. Hold, we need to hold Jesus so high in our lives that others wonder what's going on. We need to ha have Jesus so much as the centerpiece of our lives, that people take notice of that. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Put him first. Put him first in everything that you do. I need to realize everything, everywhere I go, I need to be thinking, is Jesus the first thing in my life? Because I promise you folks, when we do that, this world's gonna take notice. They're gonna notice that something's different. If you're here this morning, you're a student. What does that look like for you on your campus to live with Jesus first? You hold him high in your life. They're gonna ask you questions. Notice this verse doesn't say we gotta preach somewhere. It says they're gonna to come to you to find out where did you get this hope? Where did you get this hope? It's not, it's not in a bottle. It's not in a pill. Where did you find this hope? And the apostle Peter says, let's be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. And it's found in Jesus Christ. Second thing in this passage is that Jesus says the workers, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I think the same thing's true today. Well, why is that? Why is that? Well, when I look at my own life, I can be distracted so easily, so easily. Ready, full confession. I'm one of those people that thinks I don't spend a lot of time on my phone. I don't know if you're one of those people or not. I, I, I just think I don't. So do you get those little messages that tell you how much time you spent per day on your phone? I get those and I argue with it. I'm like, there's no way. There is no way, do you do that? I look at, no. Nah. That's no way I spent that much. 
that many hours per day on this phone? No, that can't be right. It's right. And I'm forced to stare and realize I'm distracted. I could be distracted. Now we know like these devices we have, we need them. They're, they're useful for so many things. But I can also spend two hours flipping through Instagram and reels and all that kind of stuff, you know, all, all the things that are there. And so I look, I go, there's no way. We could be distracted. Another reason that, that we're not on mission maybe is, is we're, um, we're afraid. Well, what, what if I don't know what to say? People don't want to hear this, right? I mean, come on, people. It's almost like we, we've decided people don't need Jesus anymore. Everything's good. Maybe we're afraid of rejection. What will my coworkers think? Listen, what I want you to hear today from the Lord is he is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He has divine appointments for you, for people who need it, people who are desperate. We're not barging into people's offices and preaching at them. God has divine appointments. Every day we're out in Charleston, there are people that need Jesus. And that's one of the things God has been putting on my heart, communicating to me. The harvest is plentiful, y'all. It is. God invites me to be a part of it. And that's the third thing I want, to, I want you to see in this passage <clears throat> to this morning is that God is always working and he invites me to be a part of it. Um, you know, there, there's, when Jesus spoke to his disciples, there's, there's two different texts here. The one we're looking at in Matthew Jesus says this, and he, sends, he commissions his 12 to go out and, and kind of prepare the way for him. Luke's gospel has, a, has kind of similar wording, but he sends out a much larger group, like an advanced party, to, to kind of prepare people for his coming. And in both of those, you see this urgency. Go, go. He tells them, don't even pack a bag. Don't even take your, 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 your pack. Don't even need extra sandals, right? Because that's how we think. Well, what am I gonna need for this trip? And he told him, hey, disciples, you just, just go. Go, God will take care of your needs, just go. So there's an urgency about this. And God invites us to be a part. He saves us to be a part of what he's doing. He saves us to be a part of what he's doing. I don't know if you guys are familiar um, with Dr. Henry Blackaby and uh, his material, but this is one of his things. God is always at work. God is always at work. And he invites you, Christian, to be a part of what he's doing. He saves you and I not to sit, but to go. That's what, he, that's what he does. We're not saved by works. 
we are saved for works, to go and be his representative, to love people, to minister to people the way that he did. And so God is always working and he saves me to join in his work. I love this passage from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It's one of my favorite passages. You know, we talk about, uh, earlier I talked about, I want our students to know that their lives have meaning and purpose. It's not, we're not an accident here, okay? God created you on purpose and he has, the Lord of the harvest has a purpose for you. I don't care what age you are. I don't care what stage of life you're in. God has a purpose for you. I don't know if John remembers. Do you remember Sonny at Riverside? I was thinking, I got to tell you real quick. I got to move fast, but I'm going to tell you. When I did youth ministry at Riverside Church down in Florida, it was actually before John came on staff, I think. We had one of my favorite people in the world, a senior citizen. His name was Sonny. He was, at that time, he was probably in his late 70s. He volunteered to be a middle school small group leader. This guy was amazing. He was a veteran. He played football at the University of Miami. He had all these incredible adventures in his life that he was always sharing with our middle schoolers. When he had small group on Sunday morning, you see these, these like 11 or 12 year old boys just eating out of his hand, hearing all these stories that Sonny would tell. Sonny loved Jesus. He loved the Lord and he loved those boys. He would go to their baseball games. He would go to their basketball games. You go and there's Sonny by himself, sitting up in the stands, cheering them on. He didn't, he didn't stop. He loved those boys. He, he invested in those boys' lives. And he gave and he gave and he gave to them. And I can, I can promise you, wherever they are today, they, they're young men now, their lives are different because the senior adult in his late 70s said, I have so much that I can give a young person. God is always at work and he invites us to join in what he, he saves us to join in what he is doing. So this passage, uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not by works. We can't earn God's favor. We can't earn salvation. It's by faith. But then we have verse 10 of Ephesians 2. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love telling our students this. The word handiwork implied in that one word, so powerful, implied in that word is artistry. You are God's artistic display. In the original language, this is where we get our word poem from. We are God's poem created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You want to talk about having purpose in life. What an amazing thing. Ready? We are Yahweh's image bearer. That's our number one purpose. We go back to Genesis. 
God created man and woman in his image. He created them. We are here to be his, his ambassador, to do his work, to represent him on this planet. We are his image bearer. We bear the image of our king, the Lord. We're his image bearer. We're a disciple of Jesus Christ. We've been called, our lives have been separated. We've been called out as a disciple of Jesus Christ to follow him, to do what he did. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish that mission. Man, that's amazing. Image bearers of God, disciples of Jesus Christ, filled with his Holy Spirit so that we can go out in this world and do what he did and make an impact on lives for him. There's another passage, and then we'll close, that, that says this exact same thing. And it's from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. If you want to turn there, it'll be on the screen as well. And this is kind of saying what it said there in Ephesians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us a message of reconciliation. Notice the last verse. <clears throat> we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are Christ's ambassadors on this planet for him. What an, what an awesome privilege it is to know when you wake up every morning, when I wake up every morning, the Lord invites me to make an impact in this world, to be a co-laborer with Christ, filled with his spirit, thinking, who's it going to be today? Who needs to hear hope today? Who needs to hear encouragement from God's word today? I wanna end with this, this analogy. <clears throat> so thankful for our veterans. Uh, if you're here today and you served our country, God bless you, I think. So thankful for you. My dad was uh, US Army during the Korean War and um, I'm thankful for the veterans. I, I think of this analogy though, as I close today. I did not serve our country. But let's suppose that I went over to the Marine recruiting office here in Charleston. And I walked in and I said, obviously when I was younger, not now. <laughs> I walked in and I said, I'd like some information. I wanna learn a lot about the Marine Corps. So they give me their pamphlets. I'm sitting in their little thing there with the chairs. I'm, I'm reading the pamphlets. I'm watching their videos on, on the Marines. And I get up, I say, thank you. I'll be back tomorrow to learn some more. What if I came every day and sat in the Marine recruiting office and learned about being a Marine? Probably learned a lot of stuff, wouldn't I? Am I a Marine? 
because even though I've learned so much, I haven't made that commitment to be a Marine and join and be a part of the mission. I think we have today a world in which we're, we have people that are kind of on that fence, learning a lot, thinking, well, is this Jesus going to work out for me? Is God going to fit in my box? Learning information. So one of my closing questions to you this morning is, have you given your life to Christ? Have you made a commitment to Jesus today? Just like me going and sitting in the Marine recruiting office, learning and then leaving and going home. Folks, God saved us to be on mission. This is something he's been really working on my heart about. And so, are you a Christian today? Have you committed your life to Jesus Christ? Have you started a journey to be on mission, to be an ambassador for him, to be a disciple, to minister in the way that, that he did? And have your life count for eternity? I invite you to do that today. Christian, if you're sitting here today, I ask you the question, what would it look like for us to go out from this place saying, who will it be today, Lord? Who will it be today? So I, I invite you to pray. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into the harvest. Would you pray? Would you commit yourself to pray daily? Lord, use me. Use me. Who will it be today? Is it someone at Kroger? Is it someone at Starbucks? Is it someone at school? Is it someone at my work? I know you're the Lord of the harvest. I know you've already purposed this. I want to be a part of it. Include me. Use me, please. Father, use me to help somebody, to minister to somebody. Could you pray that? Imagine what that looks like. Think about what about your story does someone need to hear? What has God done in your life? And someone needs to hear that. God set that appointment for me to meet that young man on the carriage trail because I grew up in alcoholism. And the only reason I'm not an alcoholic is because of Jesus Christ. And he changed my heart and put me on a new path. And that young man needed to hear that. Who needs to hear your message? And then live expectantly live each moment like, who could it be? Does Jesus have an appointment for me today? Maybe you could get involved in one of the ministry teams here at Bible Center. There's surely a need. Surely the need. And you could be uh, like another Sonny that I told you about, investing in that next generation. 
I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. Let's, let's close in prayer today. Thank you for letting me share my heart today. As we close, you know, Satan wants you to think that so complicated, Jesus is so far away, but he's not. If you're here this morning and you just feel your need of Jesus Christ, I just ask you to surrender your life to him today. Commit your heart to him today. Ask him to forgive your sins, come into your life, change you. Could you do that this morning? Please, don't wait, don't wait. Christian, if you're here this morning, I know you are. Maybe God's already put someone on your heart as I've been sharing this morning. Will you be available? Will you be available for the Lord to use? Dr. Adrian Rogers, one of my favorite pastors, he's passed now, but he used to say one of the tragedies of the modern church is a dry-eyed church in a hell-bent world. Oh, that God would break our hearts for those around us that need him. What things does God have planned when I take the focus off of myself and put it onto others? Oh, I want to be a part of that so bad. Father God, use us, please. Charleston is hurting. People are struggling. People are trying to find hope. And I carry that hope. We carry that hope. Lord, use us. Use us in a mighty way to reach this city for you. Lord, break our hearts for the hurting, for the needy. Just as you had compassion on the masses, help us to live that way in love and care and minister the way that you did. Help that to be the testimony of Bible Center Church. We pray that today in Jesus' name, amen. For more information, visit us at BibleCenterChurch.com and give us a follow on all platforms at Bible Center.